Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Welcome back to Les Hangout. I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And I'm Ellie Brigida. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is somewhere we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And the first thing we want to let you know is that we are going on hiatus starting at the beginning of July. We'll be releasing episodes all the way through June because it's Pride Month and we would be horrible gays if we didn't give you episodes during Pride Month. No, so rude. Um, But we will be taking a hiatus so that Lee's wife can have her baby and we can also enjoy our summer. Hooray. Summertime, (laughs) summer break. Yay. And Um, prep for the next season. So it's going to be great. We also have some more Les Hangouts coming up, including one in my own hood, San Francisco. Uh, so there are actually two options. You have uh, a film festival going on, and it is taking place on June 22nd and June 23rd. So on June 22nd at 3 p.m., I think there's a showing of Queering the Script, the documentary that's all about queer fandoms that will be showing at the Victoria Theater. Or you can also go see Bit at the Castro Theater, and we will have more details on both of those coming up. We also have a Les Hangouts in Ottawa, led by our favorite, Kayla. She will be hosting a comedy night at Swizzles June 24th at 7 p.m. So if you live in Ottawa, make sure you check out our Facebook group to get more information. There is Les Hangouts in Duluth. There will be a Barbie Queer Picnic hosted by our faves, the Evanses. So excited. We also want to let you know we are definitively going to be at the weekend soiree in new orleans for halloween and tickets are still on sale for that so if you want to come hang out with us for halloween in new orleans it's gonna be so much fun you can check that out at the weekend soiree's website halloween in the big easy we (laughs) cannot wait it's gonna be great a couple other things that we want to shout out that are very exciting obviously i'm sure many of you know already that gentleman jack is gonna get a second season hell yeah so do not miss out and catch up if you are like like me and you're still very very behind it's okay we can we can all catch up before the second season starts now i'm sort of dying that i get to say this next <laughs> thing uh this happened a week or so ago kicked off kicked off pride month yeah right? yeah um but we have to talk about ashley benson and cara delavine um carrying a sex swing into their new home <laughs> so happy that they're happy it's the official start of, of Pride. It's how you celebrate Pride now. Yeah, with a sex swing. Christmas gets a tree. Mm-hmm. Pride gets a, a sex, sex swing. swing. Yeah. yeah. It seems fitting. So you're welcome. If you didn't know that, Ashley Benson and Cara Delevingne are together and they are having sex on a sex swing. So <laughs> just giving you that. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> also, we want to shout out two very important pieces of queer news from... Britain, which is that they celebrated the Queen's birthday honors. They include uh, Olivia Coleman being named a commander of the most excellent order of the British Empire uh, after her Oscar win in The Favorite, which you may have heard us talk about for like a, f- a few minutes. Like two and a half hours. A f- a co- just a couple, a hot minute. 
And also, Sarah Waters, who you may know from some of her works like Tipping the Velvet or The Fingersmith, maybe you've read one of those, is also now an officer of the most excellent order of the British Empire. So congratulations to both of them. What a gay year for that. One day we'll get those orders from England. Oh, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any day now. Yeah. I mean, we do have excellent British accents. (laughs) (laughs) For that alone. (laughs) And with that, back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee, and welcome to our 29th installment of Shoulda Been Gay. That's right, and we hope you didn't have to go a whole week without a hot plate. <laughs> uh, obviously, line. by a hot plate, we mean a hot, hot episode of Shoulda, Shoulda Been, Been Gay. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. It was fun, it was great, but it shoulda which you've gone two whole weeks without. So, I mean, we're we're here to fill that need. Oh, yeah. And we are here to talk about Mona Lisa Smile. Such uh, a classic. Such a classic. This has been a request for a long time. I remember getting um, an inst- – someone was basically live Instagram storying to me or to our Instagram and just recording – uh, scenes from Mona Lisa Smile, just sending them <laughs> directly to us. Um, and we're like, you need to do this movie. And just by watching those scenes alone, I was sold. I hadn't seen the movie since it came out, probably. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, which was a long time ago. And I was definitely not out yet. So I didn't even, in my mind, wasn't even thinking about this movie. But once somebody said it, done yeah it's uh it's pretty gay it's so gay it's so so gay gay. shall i kick us off with an imdb synopsis oh yes okay uh our imdb synopsis for mona lisa smile is as follows a free-thinking art professor teaches conservative 1950s wellesley girls to question their traditional social roles and i have to say there are very few times that i feel like we say this but uh Nailed it, IMDb. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Perfect. My gay synopsis is, wait, Wellesley hasn't always been gay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's very close to what my gay synopsis for this movie would be, which is the seven sisters where the smart girls go to date each other. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think that's fine. It's totally fine. I am so surprised there is only one actual lesbian in this whole right movie right yeah yeah which i guess we should start start with her right yes well what was your experience with mona lisa smiley i'm sorry i totally i was like here's all my experience with mona lisa smile how about you my experience is i also must have watched it right when it came out so this came out at the end of my high school years It was a who's who of early 2000 lead actresses, right? I mean, everyone is in this. And everyone is in this, including some great cameos from people who didn't even really have huge careers yet, but are household name stars now. 
So it's just such a great throwback, too, to look back to some of the little kind of bit part people in the backgrounds of scenes and whatever. Yeah, so many of the background actors. I noticed Jessica Jones in the background. I don't know if you saw uh-huh. her. Oh, God, yes. Are you kidding me? Literally the second I was like, Christopher Ritter, Christopher yeah. Ritter's in there. Yeah. I got so excited. Um, so, yeah, I hadn't seen this in, you know, probably 15 years, and... It's on Netflix, if anyone is looking to rewatch this gem. It's on Netflix, and I was flying to the East Coast for work and was looking for things that I could download on my phone and was like, you know, so many people have requested this. I'm going to rewatch it. We're going to do a Should Have Been Gay on it eventually. And then I sat for the entire movie on the plane. Just, again, we, you know, we've talked about watching Should Have Been Gays on planes. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Not just me sitting on a plane going, how is this movie so gay? It's the gayest thing ever. Everything about it is gay. Gay, 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 start to finish gay. Gay. <laughs> yes. And they... Super gay. They start strong, they end strong. I will give you that. I also rewatched Mona Lisa Smile today. <laughs> and... <laughs> This is one of the... I do prepare for other Should Have Been Gays. I don't want to say I'm not prepared for other ones, but this is one that I am so prepared for (laughs) because I started watching and I was like, wait, there's too much here. I need to start writing. So I have like notes Mm -hmm. on notes of just like lines that were gay, people that should have been gay. I think this is the highest number of people in a movie that should have been gay that we're going to talk about. Well, because, okay, I I do want to start with Amanda, but I just want to give a a quick spoiler for where we're going with the, uh, which character should have been gay. All, all of them, all All of the characters were gay. So let's start with Amanda, who actually was gay in the movie. She's our only legit queer character in the script, is Amanda Armstrong, who plays... What is she, the nurse? Is she the... Yes, she's the school nurse. Campus nurse? Yes. Yeah. Who mentions something about her... Companion. Her companion. Companion was the exact word that they used. Yes. Her companion passed away the year before, and they make... And she doesn't even say anything, so we get this conversation where Nancy, who is the the woman who owns the little house that that all these professors are living in, and she clues Catherine in to Amanda. She's a lesbian. And her companion. Yeah, basically that just without using the word lesbian. Um, There's a lot of like raised eyebrows and and nods to indicate that you understand what's happening. Yes, please. You need to understand. She is a big lesbian. (laughs) So at least we have that. We all know that Amanda Armstrong is a lesbian. They don't. Yes, they like weirdly talk about it in a 1950s kind of way. But they do still talk about it. Yeah, and I'm going to say this movie's not kind to its actual lesbians because we basically get one barrier gay who we've never even seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, She died before the movie even takes place. And then we have uh, Amanda Armstrong who gets fired for giving girls birth control. So Within like... 30 minutes of the film? Yeah, not very long. So great. Good gay rep. (laughs) But I will say, before she leaves, she makes an impression. Like She does. I love her, number one. She's fierce. She is uncompromising. She refuses to let the Wellesley administration tell her what she can and can't do. And she 
is progressive in the way that she's trying to help her students. Yes. By giving them birth and control. <laughs> by giving well, them birth control. She knows they're going to have sex. Let's be real. And she is played by Julia Stevenson, which is the first of my lesbian rabbit holes today because you might recognize Julia Stevenson from her role as everyone's favorite mom in our gay lesbian rom-com classic, Bend It Like Beckham. Yes! And she cheered for Martina Navratilova just as much as the next person. (laughs) Amazing. She loves lesbians. Let's be real. She sure does. Yep. So there you go. Julia Stevenson just capturing our hearts once again. Yes. As Amanda Armstrong. we're ge- This is skipping ahead, but I feel like while we're talking about Amanda, my ideal story for this movie is, number one, Amanda never gets fired. Stupid. <laughs> number two, she gets to stay through the film, and she just completely replaces Bill as the love interest of Catherine. Because the male love interest in this film is freaking horrible, He's terrible. He's terrible. He sleeps with his students. Yeah. Lies to Catherine, tells her it's her fault that he lied to her because she's too perfect. Yeah, yeah I had to He's, make up my my heroic war stories. Yeah. It's your fault. He sucks. I Ugh. fast forwarded through their whole love montage. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And I vote that we just replace him with Amanda. She stays through the whole thing, and we get to see Catherine and Amanda's love blossom. Because I feel like there was some pretty good chemistry between the two of them before she left. Mm-hmm. I like it. Her first day at school, right? Catherine's first day at oh, school. Oh, yeah, they have that scene in the hallway, huh? Mm-hmm. Little sparks are flying. They really were. And then she's like, oh, how was your day? And uh, Nancy, who's played by Marsha Gay Harden, is like, oh, let's, you know, let's, I forget what she says, something super, like, watch TV or something. And Amanda Armstrong's like, or we could have a drink. Like, she immediately (laughs) is like, let's drink, here's some wine, let's unwind after your bad day. Look, her companion died. She is a woman on the prowl, okay? And she's prowling for Catherine. She is prowling for Catherine. I'm about it. She sure is. She knows exactly how to win over those subversive women professors at, at Wellesley, Wellesley College. College. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times that they talk about how conservative Wellesley College is, I'm like, if you could only see it now, ladies. Oh, I know. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so should we jump into the sh- the should have been yes, gay? Yes, we can jump I into the should I cannot wait to get yes. to the should have been gay. Let's do oh it. Oh my god, I want everyone in this movie to be gay. Every... Like, I swear every minute I watched this movie, every person got gayer than the last. It was just, like, a nonstop pylon of gay. Yes, even the ones that at the, at the beginning, you're like, um, no, I don't, you know, probably not. That's not my pick. And then... Like how I put Betty at the top of my list of should have been gay? <laughs> yes, because Betty, okay, Betty Warren, played by Kirsten Dunst, is, uh, like, the bitch of the group, right? The yes. She she cares about what people think. She pushes Julia Roberts' buttons a lot. She is the quintessential pearls in a sweater set yeah. Wellesley girl of this movie. And so at the beginning, I'm like, okay, girl is so straight. Like, I can't eat. There's no way. And it gets gayer and gayer. She's the dark horse. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, my God. Betty just pulled ahead for the win in the gay. Yeah. Just trounced everyone else with how gay she ended up in this movie because so gay and she displaced up until that point my top ship of this whole movie was giselle and connie oh yeah oh yeah right so i they have from right out the gate i think so giselle levy who's played by maggie gyllenhaal and connie baker who again jennifer goodwin who probably did not have like a huge career at that point, right? When by the time the movie came out, I don't think so. This is probably one I of her like earlier films. Earlier roles. Yeah, I think this is like an earlier kind of big role for her. Jennifer Goodwin, obviously, we all know and love from another uh should have been gay that we will touch on at some point, once <laughs> upon a time. But Giselle and Connie are so gay together at the beginning of this movie. They are so gay together. Those were the videos <laughs> that, that that someone was sending me. Yes, of them on the couch. Yes. Where they're like straddling each other on a couch. They literally, I'm like, when we, when I think about my high school relationships with girls that were so like, we were so gay, that's what it was. Like I would jump on top of them on the couch and like be like literally giggling on top of each other. Just like, ha ha ha, everything's, yeah. everything's cool. They're, they're giggling, they're wrestling, they're leaning up to whisper seductively secrets in each other's ears and then moaning about those secrets. It's a, it's a lot. That's a whole, there's a whole thing. It's so much. Even before that, Connie's playing her cello <laughs> like she does <laughs> in every other scene. And Giselle comes up behind her. She She's talking about, why don't I have a man? And the second she says, why don't I have a man? Giselle starts kissing her 
excessively on the cheek. Yeah. She's just like making out with her cheek for a long time. It's not like she's like, she just like is kissing her being like, oh, like making fun of her. I don't know. But why are you making out with her cheek, Giselle? It's not normal best friend behavior. I feel like that whole scene. So there's this, the it's early in the movie and the scene that we're talking about, all of these are happening in one scene in their dorm living room. And there are just so many moments in that. This scene is like a masterclass in queer coding every line, every look, every every angle, every shot, every everything about this scene is so gay. Because I also so Connie and Giselle were were my top ship from most of the movie until the end. But that's also primarily because Giselle was my front of the pack gay character just across the board. I I know there's the whole thing is her and how she's obsessed with Bill and all this stuff, but look, you tell me what queer girl has not gone through the aggressively holding on to heterosexuality too hard with a doomed relationship phase. Oh yeah, every single man that she ever was attached to was unavailable. Right. Like, oh, on he's purpose. married. Oh, he's my professor. Yeah. Oh, it's it's over, but I'm just going to sit outside your apartment in the snow and be emo and heartbroken about this. Yeah, okay, sure. Yes. Sure. You go through whatever little phase you need to work out. Giselle, you do you. We get it. We're here for you. But this scene in their dorm... <laughs> so gay. The other one that I love is Giselle. So they've all now had their first class with Katherine Watson. And she's looking at her... Giselle's looking at herself in the mirror going, do I look a little bit like her? I know. I'm, I wrote that down in my notes too. I was like, wait. She's openly being like, so our professor's hot, right? Yeah, right? Like, kind of like me. Really I'm also hot. hot. Some of my friends have this theory, which I think is sort of funny, that... A lot of people who get married look like each other, which I don't think is, like, that crazy of an idea. That's, like, a theory that a lot of people have. But but I feel like when she's saying, like, do I look a little bit like her, it's her being, like, I'm attracted to her. Like, we look good together, right? We Like, there's, like, an underlying thing of, like, but together we'd look really good, right? Okay, now I would love to argue with that theory, except that people think that Kelsey and I are sisters all the time. Like, awkwardly so. Yep. To the point that we have had multiple, multiple different TSA agents comment on it. We get, I mean, we get asked if we're sisters all the time. And sometimes I do think that we look somewhat alike, and sometimes I think it's mostly that, like, straight people just don't know how to interpret. Yes. To women... who are to get like you're holding hands i don't understand you must be sisters it's like well (laughs) no or other alternatives exist uh but our favorite one is the tsa agent at one airport who you know we get that question a lot are you sisters uh no actually we're married and then this guy doubles down and he's like but you look so much alike Oh my god. And no, no, and it gets even worse. Not just decides to argue with us about whether or not we are factually telling him that we are married to each other by countering with how much we look alike, but decides to prove his point 
holding up our two licenses next to each other to show us the photos of ourselves side by side (laughs) saying, like, look how much you look alike. And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not lying. We're married. And second of all, I'm standing next to her in real life right now. You don't need to show but me But look a at this picture, picture of you. You've never of, seen uh, yourself right. before. You, <laughs> you've never. You've never looked at, you, at each of you in the mirror next to each other. It was the weirdest thing. And and, and you're just standing there looking at this dude like, I, what do I even say to you right I don't now? Know. How do you If it makes you, you feel any better, I don't think you guys look alike. I mean, like, maybe... In a way. What I can understand is we are both brunettes. Yeah. I feel like and, that is And the we thing. both have slightly olive skin Hair tones. color makes all the difference. Like, right. me and my sister look alike, but she's blonde and I have red hair. And so people are like, you don't look alike at all. I'm like, if she dyed her hair red, you'd be like, that's Ellie. Right. Yeah. You know, but like, people are like, oh, but she's blonde. Like, you don't look like each other at all. I'm like, we have the same face. <laughs> but no. Do you need me to hold up your driver's licenses next yeah, right? to each but other? Look at so them. That people... If we both have our hair in ponytails, like pulled back okay. in a hat, we look exactly the same. <laughs> but no, she's blonde, so we don't look alike. Totally different. Yeah. Different people. It's fine. Uh, so anyways, I'm not going to say your friend's wrong, is my point. Uh, my point is, there might be something to it, and Giselle totally wants to bone Catherine Watson. Oh my god, she really does. The other thing that I love in that scene is Giselle follows up asking if she looks like her by saying, I think she's fabulous. To which Betty replies, well, no man wanted her, which I think is heavy foreshadowing for those two that I just, I didn't remember from, you know, 15 years ago when I saw this movie. And now I love it. I love how much that is spelling out uh, where those two are headed, which is a beautiful, beautiful love story. So, oh, yeah. And to talk about Giselle and Betty, their whole thing is what we've talked about many times in our Should Have Been Gays, the, like, love to hate, but it's it's even more, it's even more nuanced because there's that one scene where Betty is just ripping Giselle to shit. This is obviously... <sighs> yeah, she is dirty. Not a good example of a healthy relationship. However, there is something comforting in the way that Giselle understands Betty. Betty is ripping her to shit, calling her a whore, not okay. But Giselle also knows it's not about her and that Uh Betty's having a really hard time. And instead of fighting back, she just hugs her. And that moment was just like, oof. Yeah. Betty just doesn't understand how to process her feelings. And Giselle understands that about her. And she just loves her. It's definitely their turning point yeah. for the two of them. I'm pretty sure that night is when their relationship, like, officially... Started. Yeah, kind of kicks into the next level. Mm. Because, yeah, absolutely. Betty is dealing with a husband who ignores her and a life that she thought she wanted that she's realizing isn't what she wanted. Yep. which you know, so many lesbians have done before her and so many lesbians will after her. I like to think that that Giselle in that moment of seeing Betty lash out at her like that and seeing how hurt she is, I think Giselle probably realizes first 
what's happening. And, you know, maybe it, it clicks for her, like, oh, Betty's looking for everything in the wrong place. And so am I. Yep. And what we really need is each, each other. other. Ugh. I just can't. I can't with those two. I ship them so much. It's it's a lot. Yeah. I love Giselle and Connie though. So I'm t- I do too. I'm and torn. I would love I would love for Connie to have had more of a lasting should have been gay storyline cuz then Connie kind of goes into this whole, you know, romance with with what's his face. I don't even yeah, I don't even remember Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. One of the men. Who cares about the men? Yeah. And and it's kind of cute and sweet, and I get it. it I, I get it in that sad way of like, oh, you're, you know, probably a size four, and so no man wants you. You're just here to be comic relief and play your cello. And I'm like, well, thanks. I know. That's the also early something 2000s. that Jennifer Goodwin always plays those roles. Yeah. And... I look at her and I'm like, this is like one of the most gorgeous women I've ever seen. It's insane that that's kind of what what she got typecast into in so many roles. Because, yeah, in this movie, she's beautiful. She's, she's gorgeous. Beautiful. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't make any sense to me that that's her storyline. I understand the, like, they're trying to put it in a positive light, like... She thinks she's not worthy, but this man still loves her, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, she's always been beautiful. And Giselle has always thought she was beautiful. I hate them with every fiber of my being. And oh my god, yes, Giselle appreciated her. Giselle was not the, like, pity date storyline. Yep. Giggling and, and wrestling together on the couch. And I loved it until, uh, until... Until Betty know, stole Giselle your heart, I get it. Betty. Kirsten yeah, does. I know. I know. And who knew, right? I mean... I didn't see it coming. Just, I didn't. I didn't see it coming either. The story swung a bit towards Betty. Well, can, can we talk about Betty and Giselle and their ending then? Yes. <laughs> Okay, so Betty, after having accepted that her husband is cheating on her and that she is not happy and she does not want this life and she does not want this marriage, and they are at graduation, all of them in their gay little caps, first of all. Let's highlight those gay purple caps. I love them. I think we need to bring that back as like a queer fashion statement. I I love it. Uh, They're like the snapbacks of 1950 whatever. (laughs) They're all in their gay little caps, and Mrs. Warren overhears Betty asking Catherine Watson for the contact info for her friend in Greenwich Village and says, what do you need in Greenwich Village? And Betty lays into her mother with this awesome, awesome quote about an apartment because I filed for a divorce this morning. And since we know I'm not welcome at your house, which such a gay statement. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, but then she asks her if she remembers Giselle Levy. What did you call her? And she does call her a very, very not nice thing to say to a Jewish person. But what I like about it is it rhymes with dyke, and I like to just substitute dyke for it in my head. Do it. Uh, yes. So, she calls her a New York dyke. Well, we're gonna be roommates. Roommates, companions, whatever you yeah. want to call it. <laughs> We all know what 1950s roommates is slang for. Oh, yeah. And they're going to figure themselves out in the village. Like, come on. Yeah. (laughs) 
Come on. I, could you get any, any gayer than that? You cannot. Sorry, mom, I'm getting a divorce. You know I'm not welcome in your house. And my New York Dyke girlfriend and I are moving in together in Greenwich Village. Yep. Yep. That's basically the end of this movie. It's the only end of this movie that matters. Let's be yes. real. I mean, to be honest, it's like the, it is like the happy ending. Everyone's uh, storylines wrap up. Julia Stiles gets her happy ending and how she wanted and everything. But if we're talking about like two people moving forward together at the end of the movie, Giselle and Betty are the two. Mm-hmm. And then they go. So first of all, Giselle is like draped over Betty, which I love the power move of like the arms around her with the mom there. Yep. Love it. And they go to say goodbye to Catherine and they go say goodbye. And Giselle is just like kissing her repeatedly on the cheek, like exactly what Connie was doing to her in the dorm room. She's now doing to Catherine Watson, which it's cute because it's like, I get it. You know, your first crush, you always have something there. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, it is the gayest ending it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, I mean, and also, Catherine Watson ends up with no man going on and doing her own thing by herself, which I'm like, yes, go do your own thing. Run into Amanda Armstrong on your on your adventures and have your gay life. Like, there's a reason, going back to Catherine, she also got proposed to and refused it. Uh-huh. I'm like, there's a reason you said no to that proposal. And you seemed like you were into that dude in a way. Like, it wasn't the dude. It's you. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Um, Okay, except, so I know you have this whole Catherine Amanda thing going. I'm going to put another contender in the ring, which is Catherine and Nancy. All right. Because I think, so Nancy Abbey, who's played by Marsha Gay Harden, and she plays... Gay. Marsha <laughs> Middle Gay name Harden. Gay. <laughs> There's two actual gays in this movie. One of them is Amanda Armstrong, and the other one is Marsha Gay Harden. Um, <laughs> so she plays the... What is she? She's like the poise teacher. She teaches them, like, manners and... Yeah, she teaches... Elocution. fork to use and how to... How to be a good wife. a dinner party. Yeah. And she is the super depressed homebody of the movie, which I think is gay enough just on its own right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like a, a gay identity, I think, that's very prevalent, even... Today in 2019. <laughs> I will say there there's one scene where Catherine's like, let's go out on the town. Let's drink. And Nancy's like, oh, but my show's on. Yeah, like, a gay mood. Gay. Why don't yeah. you just come? We can snuggle and watch this TV show. She's and like, oh, like but okay. Killing Eve is on. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, we get it. We've all been there. Yep. But she... She spends most of the movie with this story about how her husband, fiancé, went off to the war, didn't make it back from the war, and now she's all alone. And then you find out at the end that, like, that is just a lie that she tells herself and everyone else because she's super depressed about the fact that he left her and started a new life and family Mm -hmm. with someone else. And I just like to think that Nancy and Catherine stay living in that house together. 
they get a little closer, they watch some TV shows together, she, you know, Catherine starts to get Nancy to have, have some a fun. drink with her at night, have some fun, go out, dancing, I'm just saying things, you know, we all know what roommates can lead to is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, I get that. Also, to go back to what you were saying before, there's this one line that I wrote down <laughs> when Nancy tells Catherine that she's been lying. And she says, it was all supposed to be mine, except for the wife. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just dead. Yes. I'm like, only a closeted lesbian would be like, it was all supposed to be mine. But just to clarify, I don't mean the wife. No, no, I wouldn't. I would never say that the wife should be mine. (laughs) No, never. Yeah. Yeah. We hear you, Nancy. We get it. We hear you loud and clear. Yeah. I... Also wanted to call out uh, a great quote. It is in one of Betty's editorials. Mm. I think it's her second editorial that we hear in the movie. And she has this great line in it that I think is worth digging into just a little bit, where she says, One must pause to consider why Miss Catherine Watson, instructor in the art history department, has decided to declare war on the holy sacrament of marriage. Her subversive and political teachings encourage our Wellesley girls to reject the roles they were born to fill. Yeah. 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 Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Basically, lesbians taken over Wellesley. That's that's yes. basically what she's saying. And let me tell you what, when you have someone like Betty, who is the number one finger pointer at the lesbians taking over Wellesley, of course she ends up being as gay as she does. Yep. Of course. Of course. Just so obvious. I, uh, I just can't. I just can't. I also have one more gay rabbit hole Little little lesbian rabbit hole for us. We already mentioned uh, Jessica Jones, that Kristen Ritter is in the background, which, I mean, we will get to Jessica Jones someday, too. Don't you worry, everyone. But also, another sort of cameo role by someone who probably just had not any real career at the time was Laura Allen, who plays Susan Delacourt, who's another one of the girls in the class. Uh, And I think she played a bisexual drug addict in the first season of dirt so there you go there you go we really need a jingle for that lee when are you gonna get it to me uh i know I'll, maybe maybe next season you guys will get a lesbian rabbit hole jingle coming your way coming your way for season three we got to get a couple more jingles out there you know uh of course yeah we're we're saving them we're, we have to like you know spread them out over, well, we had a lot over of the new 20 ones seasons this season. that we'll have, you know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I got to do something, you know, until always goes to college, basically. Exactly. So, hey. Um. Okay, so who are who are we shipping? Who are our ships? Okay, so I guess let's name all the ships, and then we'll pick our personal favorites. Okay. So Betty and Giselle, Giselle and Connie, Catherine and Nancy, and Catherine and Amanda. Those are our main, our four main ships. I would like to throw into the ring, we didn't talk about yet, Joan and Betty. Joan is Julia Stiles' character and Betty's best friend. Here's my thing. The story with them, I feel, is an unrequited love story. Joan's pretty straight, but Betty, I think, is in love with her. Here's my uh, evidence. So when she's, Betty is pushing Joan so hard to get married, like stupid hard. 
And she says, everything we ever dreamed, our husbands will be best friends and we'll be best friends and have babies together. And I'm like, okay, Betty, do you realize you just want to be married to your best friend? Yeah, your mask is slipping, Betty. Yeah. (laughs) Betty's like, so we'll live in the same house. Our husbands will do their own thing. We'll do our thing. We'll raise our babies together. They don't even exist. They'll go to work every day. We will do who knows what in the house by ourselves. Yes. (laughs) So that was just one of the minor ships. Excellent. But I just remembered that I needed to talk about that. So that we're throwing that in there. My number one ship for Giselle. You've convinced me. I think it's Betty and Giselle. I it has to be. And for Catherine. I really like Catherine and Amanda. Nancy, I just don't see them together. They they don't really have that spark. Except Amanda's gone and Nancy is sticking around, you know? Yeah, but Catherine's also gone at the end of the movie. <laughs> That's true. So. Also true. In her wild, you know, wayfaring ways, mm-hmm. maybe she maybe she finds uh, Nurse Armstrong. That's my dream. Okay, yeah. well, so let's, what do we have for Betty and Giselle? So Betty Warren mm. and Giselle Levy. Hmm, Weavy. Weavy. I like Weavy. Or uh, Bizelle. Bizelle. <laughs> what about Gizetti? Ooh, Gizetti. Or just Getty. Getty, yeah. You could also do the names the other way. Instead of Weavy, you could get Lirin, which I kind of like. Oh, I like Lirin. My number one choice for them is Weavy. <laughs> is Weavy? I kind of like Gizetti still. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Weavy and Gizetti. Weavy and You Gizetti. can decide, listeners. If we had to do Giselle and Connie, though, oh, what do you think? Gani? Johnny? <laughs> That's just a name. Ginny? Ginny, yeah. Ginny. I feel like I'm going to go with the, like, jizz. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't mean to say that, people. (laughs) A sentence Ellie says not frequently in her life. (laughs) Very infrequently. And one of the times is on Mike. Okay, what if I uh, suggest their last names and we could do Leaker? Leaker? Connie Baker and Giselle Levy. Leaker. That does not sound good. <laughs> Better than Jizz. The Jizz is leaking. <laughs> okay, their ship names do not work. Uh-huh, which is why we should stick with Gizetti. Yeah, let's stick with uh, Weavy. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Catherine and Nancy, Kensi, Nathrin. <laughs> it sound that definitely sounds like some sort of antidepressant. I'm on Nathrin. Nathrin. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see their last name. And Nancy names. should be because she's very depressed. Yeah, Nancy could use some Nathrin. <laughs> Wabby. Wabby. Oh, I like Wabby. Okay, Wabby it is. Wabby it is. Uh, and then Amanda and Catherine. Oof. Well, I feel like there has to be strong in there. That's a good last Cuffenda. name. Oh, strong. Like, uh, what okay. strong? What strong? Well, that, that sounds like what's wrong, though. What's wrong? <laughs> what's strong? <laughs> um, okay. How about Armson? I can't. I, yeah. Armson yeah. flows better. We could do Commanda. <laughs> Commanda. I like Cathanda. Cath- oh, Cathanda. I said Commanda. Uh, Mandarin. A Mandarin. A Mandarin. Yeah. I like that one. That one's cute. All right. If you can 
decipher any of the ship names that we just came <laughs> up with and tell us what your favorites are, send them to us. The end takeaway is literally every single thing about this movie should have been gay. Should have been gay. Let me hear you say hip, 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 we're gay. We love hearing from all of you and we love continuing to build this community. So we like to take a chance every episode to shout out some of our favorite things that have been happening lately. And the first one I will say is we have to shout out someone who messaged me on Instagram to send me a music video to a song called So Hard by I think her partner whose name is Kai Mata. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Either way, it's very cute. It's cute for Pride Month, super gay, and you should go check it out. It's on YouTube. You can find it. Look for So Hard. Just don't, you know, be careful with that. (laughs) You put your filter on. Um, (laughs) We also want to shout out two special guests from our Boston show. Of course, everyone at the Boston show was amazing, but we had two particular guests who traveled very far to come. So we wanted to give a shout out to Danny, who came all the way from Ohio in her homonormative shirt. in the baseball tee. It looked awesome. Which she has two of. Yeah. Like one for when the other one's in the laundry. Like, I love it. Well, you gotta have a spare. What if you spill something? Exactly. So love you, Danny. Thank you so much for coming. And Kimberly, who came all the way from Georgia, she's a new fan, but I'm so happy that she was at our show. So thank you to both of you, and thank you to everyone else who came to our Boston show. We appreciate all of you so much. And as always, we also want to thank our top-tier Lesbian Jesus patrons, Amy and Ellen, Kayla Kelly, Lizette Stye, Tanya Ferguson, Jess Klaus, Danny Griswold, Michelle Ray Thomas, Sarah and Julia, Nicole Gross, Carrie Ann Lawrence, and Mark Foster. Thank you so much to all of you. We could not keep doing the podcast without our patrons. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Let's Hang Out Pod. You can send us an email at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Make sure that you subscribe on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts so that you'll be the first to know as soon as new episodes go up. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod. We're releasing videos every other Thursday. If you want to help support the podcast, there are a couple different ways that you can do that. One of them is free, and I'm, I'm going to say it's easy, although I don't even know what the whole new iTunes deal is. So go on iTunes or whatever the new iTunes thing is called. Rate us and review us. Uh, it's just it helps other people find the podcast, and we love reading the reviews. And if you want to support us in another way, you can do that on Patreon. Join our Patreon family at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We have some awesome things going on there. We have a Facebook group. We have a Discord. We talk about lesbian movies. We watch lesbian movies. It is the best, and we love all of our patrons. We would love to see more of you there at bit.ly slash lespatreon. And if you want to help support the podcast in a way that's a little more outwardly visible as well, you could pick up some of our awesome swag at our Tee Public store, which is at bit.ly slash lesshop. It is Pride Month. We have so many, so, so many queer designs. They are all done by queer creators and support us, a queer podcast. And it is just an excellent way to deck yourself out in some pride gear that does not go to giant corporations. So check us out or check out any other number of queer stores uh, to get your pride merch. And if you want to take Pride Month to donate to some of your favorite LGBTQ organizations, you can donate to our Trevor Project campaign at bit.ly slash lestrevor. If you want to find us uh, individually, the best place to follow me is on Twitter and Instagram at LSH Foster. 
And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ellie Brigida. I'm trying to tweet more often and I'm going down a dark Twitter hole and I love it. So follow me on Twitter. <laughs> and with that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.